Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Romans 12, 14 through 21. Let's talk about one of the most difficult things in life today. Difficult relationships with difficult people. Now, as a pastor doing counseling, I see this is one of the hardest things. When someone has conflict in a relationship, oftentimes it's in marriage, uh, but it can be, again, mostly even probably within families is where you see this. Um, You can also see it within the church. You can see it with coworkers. And I'm just guessing if I'm saying uh, difficult relationships with difficult people, there are is probably a name or two coming to your mind right now. And so today, because it is such a practical passage, and because it is only eight verses long, I want you to spend more time really trying to directly apply this to your life. Okay, when I say difficult relationships with difficult people, what are the relationships? Who are the people that come to mind? And you need to prayerfully seek to apply this passage to your life in that relationship. And I'll warn you up front, this passage is probably not going to tell you what you want to hear. And the way of Jesus when it comes to difficult relationships and difficult people is very opposite of what our culture would say. And that's where we need to remember Romans 12 verse 2, don't be conformed to the culture around you. The culture around you wants to say, get even. The culture around you wants to say, man, just cut all the difficult people out of your life. Don't don't let them ever be around you or, you know, just ignore them and, and move on. These aren't always biblical thoughts. We need to even also come humbly to God's word saying, God, you have a better plan for my relationship with this difficult person than I do. And so I'm going to not be conformed to my flesh or to the popular wisdom of the world. I want to be transformed by the renewal of my mind so that I might do what is good and acceptable and perfect in this difficult situation. And so again, it's a shorter passage. I hope you'll read the whole thing, but I want to highlight four things, not necessarily in order, that will help you in these difficult relationships. And the first, I would say, is just a desire for unity. You should have a desire for unity with this difficult person or in the midst of this difficult relationship. I think there of... What we see in verse 18, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. And that's where you you need to realize some people fall short even of that. There there does come a point where it's like, hey, I I am doing what I can for this relationship because that that is a reality. You cannot single-handedly bring about reconciliation. The other person has to be involved in that. And this person may continue to be difficult, even if you do everything right. So if it depends on you, be at peace with all people. But that's where if we're honest, sometimes I don't want to be at peace with this person. I 
I want this person to just get out of my life, or I want to get even, or I want this person to just completely change and for everything to come from them. Well, I need to start by saying, I want to do what I need to do. I want to be at peace with all people. And there should be, with this desire for unity, a a sense of just compassion for people and empathy for people. Uh, Think of verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. That communicates something really powerful that I want to try to understand the other person and their emotions and and meet them there. When it's a rejoicing person, I want to rejoice with them. When it's a weeping person, I want to weep with them. There's a desire for unity that even just shows up in an eagerness to listen to others, to feel with others, um, and to share in their rejoicing or their trial and their weeping. So we need to start with a desire for unity. And again, going back to earlier in this chapter, you are a part of the body of Christ. And when you see parts of the body that look differently than you, you should desire unity with them because the fact that they are your brother or sister in Christ, the fact that they are a fellow part of the body should trump anything else right? Whether it's a personality difference or you just, you have different interests. You need to overlook those things for the sake of this is my brother in Christ, or this is my sister in Christ. This is someone for whom Christ died. I I need to care about them. I need to desire to have unity with them. The, The second thing would be a posture of humility. We should have a posture of humility. Verse 16, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. So there again, we should not be haughty. We should associate with the lowly. And again, if we're being honest, sometimes the reason why we find someone difficult or a relationship difficult is because we look down on that person as beneath me, right? You think I'm doing the work in this relationship. I don't know what this person has to offer me. Well, that's where you need to associate with the lowly. You need to associate with the people whom you think they don't have anything to give me, but that's fine. I don't have anything to give Christ, but he loves me. So you need to have that posture of humility and you need to be careful, never be wise in your own sight because we need to be careful that in those difficult relationships with difficult people, sometimes we can overly lean into our own sense of what should happen. And man, if everybody just listened to me, then everything would be all right. And if this person was just wasn't such an idiot, and if they could see things my way, then everything would be fine. And that's where I would say, we've got some warning lights that should be going off. We need to be careful that we're not just being wise in our own sight. Third, you need to have a refusal to pay back, a refusal to pay back, a refusal to seek vengeance. And that is very clear here in this passage. Verse 19, beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. 
I remember being at my my old church with my old pastor, Pastor Mike, teaching through the book of Romans. And when he got to this passage, he used the illustration of children and how children act and, and how parents would train their children. And I had no children at the time, but I'd been around enough children that, yeah, this makes a sense because also at one point I was a child. So I, I remember those things. And now I have children and I see it all the time. You would talk about how parents, you would train your kids. You don't just immediately get back at your sibling. You trust that mom and dad are the authority and that they will bring the proper punishment. You don't take that on yourself, right? If your brother throws their food across the table at you at the dinner table, you don't pick up your food and throw it right back. You look to mom and dad that they will take care of the situation. And as Christians, that's really what we need to do with the Lord. When we feel hurt by our brother or sister in Christ, even our response needs to not be, well, I'm going to get right back at them. No, I'm going to look to dad and I'm going to trust that he will bring the proper discipline at the proper time. Because if I respond in kind, then you know what happens? I get disciplined too, right? And that's what I try to teach my kids. No, it If they did something mean to you, yes, that's wrong, and they will be punished for that. But if you respond by hitting them, well, then you're going to get disciplined too. And that's where I doubt the temptation you are tempted with is to physically hit somebody in retaliation. That's kind of a more childish thing to do. But there are all kinds of ways adults are tempted to get vengeance. And we need to say no. No, there's no place for that in the Christian life. I am going to leave the punishment to God. That's his realm. Because when I try to take it into my own hands, now I'm stepping into the realm of deserving God's punishment as well. So instead of paying back for, I should have an eagerness to bless. And that's really what you see in the last couple of verses. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will keep burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And this, I will admit, sounds nice on paper, and it can be really hard in practice. To, to seek to bless someone that you don't like, and especially to bless someone that you feel like has hurt you. But that's where we need to step back and say, whose wisdom is better, yours or God's? And even go back to the end of chapter 11. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. That's what you need to think here. To say, this is God's way, and I'm going to trust that God's way is better than my way. So I'm going to seek to eagerly bless this person that that is difficult to me and trust that that will please my heavenly father. And God will use that. And sometimes will that lead to reconciliation? Yes. Sometimes will it not? And will that person continue to be a problem and maybe even take the, the blessings that you bring into their life and throw them back in your face? Yes, but we need to not so much be only results oriented. We need to trust the heavenly process that even if it doesn't lead to reconciliation, God still looks at this and says, yes, you did what I wanted you to do. And I think of that with my own kids when one of them truly does not retaliate, but 
but responds like they've been taught to, yes, that pleases me as a parent. And I know that pleases our Heavenly Father. So again, think about these four things from the passage. A desire for unity, a posture of humility, a refusal to pay back, and an eagerness to bless. And I want you to specifically pray about how you can apply those things to a difficult relationship in your own life, trusting this is God's Word better than anything else I'm going to find out there in the world. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.